yeah. So we do see, you know, people stop growing coffee. And uh, in Colombia, I think uh, in the last 10 years, they've lost like something like 30% of the area that was used for coffee in certain regions uh, are now being used for something else. So um, that's the reality of it. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward Friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode three of a five-part series with Tim Wendelbo, where we're talking about the evolving specialty coffee market. And in this episode, we're talking about what this shifting means for producers. Tim, what are you most concerned about in the way that this shifting is going to impact producers? Well, uh, um, it's difficult to... Uh, to uh to say to a producer that uh, you should focus on quality because that brings higher value to your product. Uh, because I do see that it's not happening. Um, what the farmers actually need is uh, long-term investment in their farms, not mm -hmm. just like a one-time uh, sales of a good price and then the next year nothing happens. So uh, for instance, um, I, I use Colombia as a example a lot because I spend a lot of time there. I have my own farm there. So mm -hmm. I do see kind of a lot of the mechanics going on there uh, or mechanisms. And a lot of times you see buyers coming there. They go to some kind of exporter's office or uh, something like that. And uh, they cut through, you know, hundreds of coffees, pick the best one. They pay a premium for that, which is, you know, good. Um, the premium might not be enough for covering the cost of producing a quality coffee. Well, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. um, and then they leave and then uh, they say, oh, this coffee is from uh, Jose or whatever. And uh, <laughs> they're happy with that. The next day they come back, they do the same exercise. It turns out Jose's coffee wasn't that good that year, so they don't buy it. They buy from uh, Maria instead. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jose is in despair because uh, he thought his coffee was good. But uh, no one told him why his coffee was good. He doesn't understand why his coffee was better that year uh, because it was maybe random. Uh, so cherry picking like that really doesn't uh, transform anything at farm level. Uh, it means that uh, the farmers are not able... If you get a little bit extra money one year, you will probably spend it on something that you really need in your household or something. You're not going to go and invest in your farm. like No. And that's just the way it is. So um, I, I see that uh, in order for us to, to make sure that we get quality coffee consistently in the future, we need to uh, make sure that the farmers we purchase from are paid a good price so they can make a profit, so that they can invest in their business and invest in producing better coffees. Um, and if you are buying coffee and you don't see any transformation on the farm that you're buying from, you're probably not paying a good enough price <laughs> because most farmers that I have met really want to, you know, invest in their farm if, if they can, but most of them don't have the money for it. And that's because at the moment, the reality is the market price for coffee is lower than the production cost, mm -hmm. um, especially in Colombia. So, um, at least the farmers that I work with and have been working with for many years, they say that actually the most important thing is not to get the highest possible price, but to have a customer that is committed to buy every year mm -hmm. for a price that is sustainable, you know? Um, and the, only when they have that can they take the risk to invest in better equipment, better infrastructure on the farm, because they know that they will have a buyer to buy a coffee. 
a certain volume for a certain price. And that's kind of the dream situation for them. It's not to you know sell coffee for a thousand dollars a pound once in their lifetime on an auction. That's might not might be a dream, you know, just for fun, but uh, kind of like winning the lottery. It, right. it never happens. So, um, uh, what I do see is that uh, when we like we talked about in the first episode, I do see a shift in the market where roasters are asking for cheaper coffees, uh, lower quality, uh, lower prices. I know, you know, buyers of coffee from some of the producers I buy from have called them to ask if they can lower the prices because they have inflation in their own country. Right. Like they don't have inflation in Honduras, for instance. <laughs> yeah. No, so, that's um, not happening. No, exactly. So, um, when uh, when we in our end start to push prices down uh, and the only thing the farmer sees is that the fertilizer prices are going up, labor cost is going up, labor is getting scarce because like in Central America, a lot of the workforce is migrating to the US mm-hmm. illegally. Um, so it's hard to get labor. Uh, electricity is going up, gas prices mm-hmm. are going up, food prices are going up. And... Uh, the market price for coffee, it goes up and down. And mostly it's very low. And at the moment, it's lower than the production cost. So I actually talked to Moises uh, that I buy from in Honduras and uh, Diego Barauna, who I buy from in uh, Salvador in November. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, they both told me that uh, for next year, they're actually going to stump maybe half of their coffee trees which means cutting cutting them down mm-hmm. because uh, uh, it's just too much work for for uh, and they you know a lot of the coffees they sell they can't sell for a good price so it's better for them not to produce coffee than to produce coffee <laughs> so uh, and they still have buyers who, who, who buy coffee so they will cater for that but um, yeah so we do see you know people stop growing coffee and uh, in Colombia, I think uh, in the last 10 years, they've lost like something like 30% of the area that was used for coffee in certain regions uh, are now being used for something else. So um, that's the reality of it. Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. So we have a situation in cafes and in roasteries where people have perhaps, while money has been free, been a little bit, easy to lean on credit, buy more expensive coffees, set a new standard. We've proven in the last episode that it's very clear that the business models are not working. And so the the easy way to perhaps start to adapt to the new format of the reality of the world that people are living in is to go back to their cogs and their suppliers and just say, listen, we need everything cheaper. I don't see how we get out of this mess that we're in. As an industry, I don't see the way out. I see that given that we've got market saturation, given that people haven't invested the time and a lot of the effort en masse to really be very intentional about having a a unique way of offering their services so that they do stand out from the rest of the market, 
now the economy is going to hold a lot of business owners very accountable. Where do you yeah. think we go from here? And, and why do you think that the producer is going to be the person that's left holding the bag as these business go, businesses go out of business? Uh, well, um, I actually, I do think that consolidation in the market can be healthy sometimes because mm -hmm. uh, there, there has been uh, maybe an overestablishment for a while. <laughs> um, and uh, we see that in the restaurant industry here in uh, Oslo, for instance, there's been okay. too many restaurants opening. Um, and then now we're seeing uh, some of them sh shutting down, but the serious ones that uh, we know are good, like they run their business well, they know what they're doing they survive, you know, because okay. the, you, the customers notice. Um, I think, you know, the fortunate thing about coffee today is that there's always a place for coffee. Uh, so <laughs> all, mostly all coffee that is produced is being sold. But the problem is, uh, which you can say about the bigger buyers, is that the price they are paying for the coffee isn't good enough because mm -hmm. it doesn't cover the production cost. Um, but, uh, I would say that if you're a small company that is running well, uh, economically and your business in is into selling quality coffee, you should definitely continue doing that and not start to go down the slippery road of buying cheaper coffees because mm -hmm. people notice that it's getting worse. And, uh, if you want to have steady supplies of good quality, you need to invest also time in at origin, um. So um, for me, it's always, uh, and maybe my business is not a good example uh, because we are a little bit, uh, uh, I'll say, we're very niche, uh, I would say. But um, for me, always when things like this happen, uh, we always do the opposite. So when people start buying cheaper coffees, we focus on getting our coffees to become even better. You know, we invest right. more money in that because. Uh, in my experience, these periods go up and down a little bit. And if you do invest time and effort into making your company better in difficult times, you when the times are kind of passing, you you end up uh, gaining from that. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, it but does. <laughs> but, but I do have a, a follow-up question to that. Do you think that this is, when you say when these things go a little bit up and down, do you think that this error that we're coming into is going to be short-lived? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm not sure how long, you know, I, there was, there will be some consolidation in the market for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, even though uh, I think SCA predicts that the specialty market is still growing for eternity, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how much I trust those numbers, but uh, <laughs> correct. <laughs> we, we do see, you know, new markets opening, uh, coffee shops like in the Middle East, in Asia. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, there is uh, there is hope, I think, and uh, there it, it creates a demand for high quality coffees for sure. Mm. But uh, I just think uh, the majority of uh, of the coffees that are bought for this kind of specialty market is still, mm. you know. I often ask, like, what's so special about it? When people say, oh, I sell specialty coffee. Yeah, what's so special what's about so special? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. really like that question. I'm going to take that if that's okay. <laughs> what's so special about it? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So 
Yeah, so I, I actually don't know. I mean, I, I wish I knew that uh, I would be a rich man, I think, but uh, <laughs> it's hard to predict where the market is going. Well, in the next episode, I want to talk a little bit more about that because we want to kind of explore what role all of this plays in the evolution of the specialty coffee industry. Um, so so yeah. let's let's take a look at that in the next episode. Join us for that, folks. Peace, love, and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.